listening to the two marks exclusively on the pod station. listeners to a new show brought to you by the two marks this time we're embarking on a vicarious journey of discovery is it the new Marvel. though there he is he's back <laughs> it's we, not new it is new we've had this conversation every episode who drew in that intro continue <laughs> i want the interruption in there yeah but you had that about two episodes ago i know but i've forgotten it's a long Ishtar time went, it's the last Ishtar episode said, didn't we sort this out in episode five <laughs> well yeah no but we <laughs> if we do these episodes like closer together i won't forget this shit <laughs> Well, I'm hoping there's no existential crisis that's going to come across your life that requires that to be done. Hopefully yes. not. Hopefully not. Your year's just been, let's get it all boxed off in 2022. <laughs> 2023 is going to be boring as shit. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Welcome, listeners, to a new show brought to you by The Two Marks. This time we're embarking on a vicarious journey of discovery through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hold on to your hats as we follow one person's experiences watching all 29 movies in chronological order. This episode we're reviewing Avengers Age of Ultron. Welcome to the Marvel Marathon and a little bit more. Let me introduce my friend and co-host, Mr. Mark Pollard. Ali. Hi, mate. Welcome back. I know. I'm not sure if they can remember how to do this. It's been that long since our last recording. Time will tell. In fact, we did promise, I think it was probably a couple of episodes before, that we would be much better about doing it. My apologies. We haven't for various reasons that aren't worth going into. I'm assuming it's like riding a bike, but I did a spin class yesterday and going by my competency and trying to ride that bike, which is the first time in a long, long while, I don't hold up much hope for this episode. <laughs> I would say it's like riding the bike without a saddle. Well, <laughs> Just don't sit down. Or a wonky saddle. Yeah. Or do sit down, depends what you like. Yeah, I had a wonky saddle. It was my front bits that were taking all the pressure. <laughs> Moving on. So you're not sterile. <laughs> yeah, my bruises at the front end, not the back end. <laughs> Looks like he's got a platypus in his pants. Anyway, how are you, mate? <laughs> I'm okay, thank you. I'm a bit sore after the gym. Oh, hello. What are we doing in this gym, people? Well, I didn't feel like I got battered around the <laughs> ring. That's certainly the truth. I did go on the running machine. Do you think that's the next Lord of the Rings series? Battered around the ring. I think it has been battered around the ring. It won't cost a billion dollars, that's for certain. I was on the running machine because for some reason in the gym, people don't like to leave any empty space between someone. So if you and I wanted to run along together, oh, I hate that. we'd be all right. So I ended up having to go on the one farthest away in the corner, which is okay. Good. I that's don't mind good. that. Because when you're getting sweaty and hot and when other people get hot and sweaty, you don't want to be right next to them, do you? No, it's when they do all the flicking of the hair like a Timothy advert and you get a <laughs> bit of sweat in your mouth. Why did you look at me when you did that? Because you used to have long hair. Do I flick my hair? You do a little bit. You used to look like David Ginola. <laughs> well, I wish. No, I if, meant the hair. If you squint, I was going to say, if you squint and stand on your head. With a sack on your head. From about a mile away from me, I probably do look a bit like David Ginola. What was it? David Granola. <laughs> He's poor prototype. Yeah, yes. just the hair, because didn't you have a hairband or something? I had a man bun during lockdown. <laughs> you rocked that man bun. I did, thank you, love. He did. Well, yeah, he did. I mean, at the end of the day, I refused to get my hair cut for fear of dying painfully with this killer disease we were all being told about. And because it took so long before we were able to go without fear of dying, I had a man bun by the end of it. But the man bun went. I had it cut off. And Yeah, but didn't you have one of those things that you used to have in school? Well, not you, but girls used to have in school to keep their hair in. Well, what you've got to appreciate is it takes a while for it to grow. And during the mid-phase where it's not quite able to go into a man bun, it just looks even shitter than... Man bun did so you have to kind of keep it in, in some sort of some sort of order. What's it called? I'm looking a at headband. you. Headband? Is it headband? Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> 
Looking to you for some I mean, inspiration. I'm not, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> Luckily, you were locked down. I'm not proud I of it. it. I've seen my childhood pictures more recently, and to be honest, there is a trend of bad haircuts that seem to run through my life story. So as far as they go, as against the man bun, the man bun was actually all right. <laughs> which to be fair, set the bar very high. I can't complain because I'm just glad to keep hold of what I've got. <laughs> you wear a cap all the time to my hide your hair. I do because I was at rehearsals last night, and the assistant director was saying, "I wish you'd act without your hat on." I went, "You don't want this off." I'll tell you because I said I've been growing this in case you need me to do it in a certain 50s style which now we're six months away because it's just been postponed oh you might have a man bun by the time it comes on then well I'm hoping I'll have more hair she was like I wish you'd just acted your hat off I was like well I would but look like a bear settee underneath this (laughs) (laughs) very nice description Latham yeah it looks like a bomb has gone off in a pube factory see people we can be self-deprecating as well as being generally rude to everyone else I agree I think if you can give it you can also take it that's what happens at the gym that's why we're all bruised (laughs) Around the ring. (laughs) Anyway, we should introduce our third member. I'm surprised she hasn't already gagged in. I have, kind of. The reason why we're doing this is our third person, who you may remember, if you cast your mind back. Well, you may have already heard her multiple times already. Hi. Hi. Hi, Ish. Tell listeners who you are. Ish. You want to tell them Ish, or you just want to tell you who you are? I'm the person who's getting. Yeah, the gagger in it. Why are we doing this? We're doing this because I watched Loki and Wanda series. Then you persuaded me to get on the Marvel Well, bandwagon. you said you loved it, and I said, well, if you loved it, you might want to go back to the beginning and actually watch yeah, because I wasn't ever really that interested in it until I met you two. So to be clear, here. did you watch Loki because you listened to our show? Yes, you did. Actually. Is that the reason? Yeah, yeah. So you listened to our show Loki series. Power of persuasion. Oh my god, I totally forgot that. Yeah. Just while I'm here, for the record. <laughs> yeah. <it's all. laughs> Historical accuracy. Yeah. Just for the tape, she looked at me only at that point. I know, love. It must have been my dulcet tones. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not the same name as you, so it was one of us. So you listen to Loki podcast, then you watch the show, and then you gagged in. You invited me. I don't remember. I did not. All right, Pollard invited me. I think I invited you. I had a jewel of an idea because we always meant to do this, didn't we? We You basically wanted a girl. We wanted to go through the Marvel films in its entirety, but it was that far down the line. I think we both felt a it was a bit like hard work, and b couldn't be asked. With Ish starting that journey from the beginning, it actually gave us an excuse to go back and almost relive it vicariously first time round which is what we've been doing and as we've already mentioned in the intro which was 20 minutes ago we're doing the Age of Ultron which is where we're up to now you were also a diversity hire I was a diversity hire (laughs) brown and female well done and a bit soft (laughs) I'm not a lesbian (laughs) shut up (laughs) she just didn't tell you that's alright I'm fine with that it's a bit bit weird when you get to the marital room like uh, not interested (laughs) I did explain that in the intro, but you always like to mansplain the. It uh, does like to int- mansplain, yeah. So that was twenty minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> And well, now we're I've forgotten. <laughs> this is why we keep it having the same argument at the beginning of the show. And yes. we're on film number 12, is it now? Oh, Christ only knows. 13? I'll do the maths. It's taken us 13 months, maybe, to get this far. That's actually not far off the truth, yes. <laughs> we've been miserably clugging our... Actually, this is number 14 of the films we've watched. I think we started recording together about August last year, didn't we? August, September. Is that when me and you first met Latham? August last year? He unveiled you, I think, a bit earlier. July. Yeah, because obviously we did Loki we did mm-hmm. true that you'd heard Loki yeah. so. why do you have 14 films on your list and Lear them only has 12 <laughs> 
who are you asking that question to? I'm assuming it's anyone, Ishtar. Yeah. Anyone who's called Ishtar. How am I supposed to know that? How many have you got? I've got 13. I've got 13 as well, you plonker. There's 14 here. There isn't. Oh, there you are. Your numbering's all to cop. Not on this one, it isn't. Right, it's right now. Power of technology. Jesus. Anyway, continue. The best thing, now we've sorted out that domestic, is um, <laughs> what did you think of the film? I loved it. I loved it for this, many reasons. This is the first time you've seen this? First time I've seen this, Because yeah. I know this is called a rewatch. We're rewatching it. You're yeah. watching it, aren't you? For the first time. So, yeah, um, I mean, I was quite giddy at The Last Avengers because everything was coming together and I felt a similar kind of buzz when I watched this one. A lot of characters were introduced. Well, a lot. I'm saying three new characters were introduced, one of which was obviously Wanda and Vision. And because I've seen the Wanda series, that's why I was the extra excited. And also it was a progression on the lovely jewels. What? The jewels. You're going back to his cycling again. <laughs> They're bruised. Thanos's yeah. jewels. Right. The yeah. Infinity Stone. That's the one, yeah. Oh, do you know what I've forgotten is your power of description. <laughs> uh, I've forgotten for the benefit of people who don't know what is going on here, your description of the Avengers get together <laughs> and Tony turns up. Yeah. Starkness. So his jewels, yeah. It, the jewels, yeah. yeah. It's you. all very exciting, basically. It's coming together, isn't it? It is. It's really nice. I mean, there's a couple of introductions to some new characters. You've touched upon them in Wanda, Quicksilver. I suppose Ulysses, Claw yeah. and Ultron although he gets wound up as deaded at the end so you can't necessarily count him but this felt certainly the first time round and even more so this time round like it was almost a further padding of the first Avengers film so you were taking what we learned up to this point from all the characters they were almost giving you a bit more detail about perhaps some of the people who were less focused on so Hawkeye gets a lot of time, Screen time yeah. in this one which he obviously didn't in the first Avengers mm. I felt like that's kind of how this story progressed a bit it's definitely peeled back another layer of the MCU onion because moving forward as we get expand the universe further there's characters in this film that are backdoor entries to it mm. <laughs> seriously smash it in smash it in as Hulk would say he'd ruin you wouldn't he we've already had that conversation <laughs> you think your balls are sore kind of look like beginning a bonanza anyway so, pretty much <laughs> Pretty much. This film brings back the old favourites, new people from other films that are back into this, as Mark said, along with new characters, but characters that take it to the next step. Massively. I can't go into it because we have a rule, which is if it hasn't happened, we can't talk about it. And I realise it has happened, but at the time of this film, it hadn't. But when I do the Easter eggs, it will make sense. These are all big budget films because all these characters are just thrown into Yeah, this is a proper wage bill of a film, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Don't know. Still will have been a heavy one. Mm-hmm. Perhaps when you get to Endgame, Infinity War, that wage bill's probably doubled again, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> now they've become really established in their characters. It's but like, it, right, okay, right, yeah. add a note to the end of that one. It yeah. felt like a bigger film, though. Did it? Yeah, it definitely did. It felt like it was bigger than the first Avengers film. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd go with that. Would you say this was a better Avengers film? Well, they did no spoilers, because oh, we're going to do our yeah, scores at the true. end. Wink, wink. <laughs> no. Steady. <laughs> 
I thought she said that to begin her eye. ended up in court last time someone <laughs> said that to her. Right, should we go chronologically through the film? Have you got your notes ready? I know it's been a while, but you must remember how important your notes are to this, because we need to go from... I mean, I'm not being funny. When she first started doing this, she used to do reams of notes, yeah. none of which she actually generally used to read, but she did, <laughs> did. She did do it. Yeah. You were obviously meticulous, and I'm notoriously shit, as we say in every episode, at notes, and yet out of the two of us, bear in mind we watched this together, I'm the only one who's made any notes. <laughs> really? She was like, I'll just use yours. I was like, wow. I chose to experience the film this time. Yeah, yeah but, but we did watch it twice. Yeah, but the first time we watched it so was So we watched ages. it the first time to experience like, uh, it and the second time to make notes. It was the first time for you to have a sleep and the second time was to make notes. It is a long-ass film, though, and we usually watch it really These films late. aren't getting any shorter. No, I know. That's why we only managed a two-rewatch this time. You wait for Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. You need to book a day off work for that. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll start in the morning when I'm fresh. That's a travelogue. At the end of a bleeding day. <laughs> When I'm tired. You need to get on the phone to Lenny Henry, see if you've got any room free. <laughs> Okay, chronologically. Use your notes then, yeah? Yeah, yeah, let's use my notes and see how we get on. I see if I can drag this out long enough for it to, to make an episode. So we start with an exciting bit of drama, drama and action. That was the word I was looking for, action. <laughs> Very difficult from the English language. Yeah, we start with them attacking the Hydra Fort, which I think was an interesting scene to exhibit how well they've gelled together as a team. The tableau of them all coming together. They're all sort of working together yeah. as a team, they're using each other's weapons, they're spinning each other around, or they're setting people up to be whacked by one of the other members of the team. There does feel to be a cohesion. Oh, yeah, nice. I know. It was an exciting way to start the movie, wasn't it? Full of action, everybody doing their thing. The lols, straight away, with well, Captain America. I'm, I'm, let's put my cards on the table here. I think Captain America was splendid in this film. As always. He was the lols, as well as being the, leader the righteous of the leader of the pack. Unlike Tony, who's just causing no end of murder, Cap was both fun and witty and brave and pure. And pure. <laughs> and sexy. <laughs> Your love affair is just so hilarious. But it is. I mean, it was funny, wasn't it? It's was naughty fun. language. If you remember the last two episodes, you weren't overly happy because it was a bit more serious. Yeah, this is more my kind of thing, yeah. yeah. We talked about this before when we were doing the Iron Man films. Yeah. You are now starting to see a divide between where Tony Stark stands and yeah. where Captain America stands. They're very at odds. And at by the end of this point. movie, mm. drives it further forward to where this is going to culminate. You can see the cracks appearing and you can see where people's divisions yeah. are going to be. Actually, that's interesting because I think my love of Tony diminishing a little bit by the Good stuff girl. that happens. Not that I love Captain America anymore, like, but I just think because of his single-mindedness in trying to do something and not really considering everybody else's perspective on it, I think that tears him down a little bit. He's not a team player, is He's he, He's not a stuff? team player at all. You're a, a HR guru. Where would you stand on bullying in the workplace with the way that they just keep on ribbing on <laughs> Cap? For what is a very innocent... <laughs> statement. I think, feel he gets his raw end of the deal pretty much throughout this film. Because he's been frozen he's missed out on 34 years. I know, years. but he's got to be bullying in the workplace. He takes it like a champ, doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, that wasn't the question. He might do. Uh, what? Yeah, we are going back to the bullying. 
Bullying is not okay. There you go. <laughs> would you have brought Tony into your office? He would have had disciplinary action, yeah, probably. All right, good to know. Shades, Just to <laughs> demonstrate that it was not acceptable to be a bully. By no. bullying him. Sticking with the inappropriate behaviour in the workplace, where do we stand on members of staff rubbing each other's wrists to uh, calm themselves down? Because Hulk gets himself a nice little bit of rubbing from Black Widow in order to uh, become less tense, which is ironic because if she have been rubbing my arm like that it might have had an opposite effect it is interesting that the more she rubbed <laughs> the softer he got yeah but surely that's inappropriate workspace that's opposite to what yeah. happens if you rub me <laughs> I'm all for that. I'm actually thinking an e-petition would work to bring that back in the workplace. So mm-hmm. uh, No, no, but if you're disciplining Tony, surely you'd be disciplining Natasha. Unless the Hulk was complaining about it, no. He doesn't talk when he's the Hulk in this, so yeah. he wasn't. Maybe he's a victim because he can't speak. Yeah. But he can speak when he's Bruce Banner. He's no. aware of what's going on with Natasha. But if you secretly love it, is Bruce going to go, you know when you were rubbing me off before? Which as long as he doesn't complain, it's fine. <laughs> and that's the HR guru's top tip of the day. <laughs> Thanks, tune in next week. <laughs> um, great. How many people get rubbed up at work and don't complain about it? Not everyone takes that to HR. you worked. <laughs> to be fair, they do complain, but by the time they realise they didn't enjoy it, they're 72 years of age. So, <laughs> exactly. So there is a statute of limitation. However, <laughs> yeah. let me ask this question. Let's reframe this. And if you want to write in, ring in or whatever. The two if, marks at thepodstation.co.uk. If Black Widow is rubbing you off, would you complain? No. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. So HR or not, it doesn't matter because if Black Widow came up to me and started rubbing me off, I mean, obviously Captain Britain, clearly. But if... <laughs> Black, she'd snap it off she'd ruin me wrist I wouldn't be able to use it if Black Widow came up and started rubbing any male or female we are talking about his hand here so let's just keep it rubbing in his, yeah but rubbing his wrist is still a bit more of an uh, intimate moment isn't it and it's because I think it leads to give you an impression that there's something happening there isn't it well and it does obviously give that impression because they love each other I think they like each other they love why it doesn't develop it seems Bruce Banner gets a little bit inside his own head too much mm. and talks himself out of quite frankly a relationship where he'd be punching about 15 weights above what he should be doing if you've watched the boys season 3 there's a clear example of what would happen if Black Widow ended up with the Hulk and he suddenly got angry whilst he was inside her ouch yeah Ooh. wouldn't it mm-hmm. yeah. not good mm, no yeah. flashback then what, hey, what do you mean <laughs> to, the, to the boys <laughs> to My the wedding God. night <laughs> to the boys that's horrible that was the little cheeky nod to the Ant-Man yeah we do in this initial action scene we find ourselves introduced to Wanda and Quicksilver first time we did see him at the end of a post credit sting this is the first time we actually see them in action and they're pretty handy aren't they well they're awesome. referred to as the twins aren't they mm. not what I normally say <laughs> Their origins have been slightly changed in the post-credits, seemingly that they've got their powers from the Tesseract that has been tested on them. Right. At the time of this movie, Fox owned the rights to those, so they couldn't use the word mutants, and they couldn't mention the genealogy of where they came from. Because technically, they're offspring of Magneto, aren't they? Allegedly, I'll go into that later in the episode, but you are right, they are mentioned in the X-Men films. Well, actually, there's a Quicksilver in the X-Men films, but when this is on, Fox 
wasn't owned by Disney. Right. Now, they own the world. It was another iteration of Quicksilver. Cool. So, yeah. I like the powers as well. I think it's nice that they had something very, very different to what the rest of the Avengers have got. Well, I mean, there's two things about Quicksilver. The first thing is I was gutted when he got killed because he is a really interesting character with his yeah. powers. Although, I guess perhaps they just felt his powers were a bit too useful and got rid of him for that purpose. The other interesting thing is that this film actually came out at pretty much the same time as a rebooted X-Men film, didn't it? Mm. In which they also had a Quicksilver. So you had two Quicksilver characters in two entirely different franchises played by two entirely different people, which is, I remember it being really weird at the time. Yeah. The reason why they were allowed to do it is because in the comics, which is the legal basis for these things, Quicksilver has been a member of the X-Men and the Avengers. Mm -hmm. So they were allowed legally to use him. It makes sense to kill him off. If you've got someone who can do those things, then it makes any plots you've got moving forward pretty easy to resolve. Mm. It's the Captain America. I was going to say, it sort of feels why they took Captain Marvel off the board. Pretty hardcore. Mm. Arguably could have gone a few rounds with several villains across the MCU. Mm. It made sense just to put her somewhere else where she's got other responsibilities. With Quicksilver, it was nice to have him in it. Mm. And actually, the two movies portray him in a different way He's a lot lighter and more fun in the other version. He's quite witty in this one, but it's coming from a more serious place, I feel. They've got a darker backstory in this one, haven't they? Yeah, it was interesting. The sad thing is, I think, because they were limited so much with what they were allowed to say with the X-Men version of Quicksilver, they did allude to his backstory more. And I suppose you need to have some loss, otherwise you go into the next film and no one's going to get killed. Mm. Well, they stuck to the pretty consistent storyline of everyone hates Tony. (laughs) That was the go-to line, wasn't it, really? Gonna say, when you were talking about Quicksilver and how powerful he was, Wanda's no slouch either, even in this film. At the moment, she's not fully recognised her potential. I don't think she realised how powerful she actually is. Mm -hmm. Because she was still knocking out some pretty good stuff even in this film. Well, they focus more on the mind control aspect than the other parts that they couldn't delve too much into. Oh, imagine her getting lost in your mind. I mean, she'd never come out again, would she? No, she'd she'd be be (laughs) catatonic. She'd just be staring off into the void. She'd be going in there thinking, right, this guy's getting it, and then coming out just horrified. Drooling. (laughs) She'd be in a mental hospital. (laughs) That'd ruin her. That's my superhero power. (laughs) Dark mind. Yeah, so she wouldn't come out. She'd just be drooling somewhere. Anyway, probably now we know it's all owned by Disney. They can play around with the character more. Obviously, you mentioned One Division mm. without going into that. Yeah, but it does give a good context to what that series. So it's yeah, definitely so useful. Be, I would say kind of a revisitation to where this for fits sure. In. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because now they own the rights to it all. They can go back and go. This is all canon. They didn't really delve too much into her powers, but you can see from this film that she has pretty hardcore powers to manipulate people. Yeah, hundred percent. No, but it is. I mean. Look how much she managed to bring tear everybody down just by doing that oh she caused bloody murder mind you I've known plenty of people in my life who've wandered into a group of people and caused bloody murder by opening the mouth but yes anyway she was powerful she was an awful lot more powerful than is it the Baron who ironically is a character I recognise even though I've never read the comics Baron Ron Strucker I mean as far as the baddie goes he was pretty shit he surrendered inside of the first 30 seconds and seemed to serve no purpose other than the devious experience 
experiments that they were carrying out leading up to that point. He's quite prevalent in other shows and there was another Fox show called The Gifted which focused on the Von Strucker family but in the comics he's a main character. I know that's why I was quite yeah. surprised that he didn't really get more of a look in in this film. Because he was a follower of Red Skull there's so many characters within that that you would spend loads of time on and the story wouldn't develop. It wouldn't go anywhere. No. no I suppose. And I suppose that's why he did appear in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or at least Dr. List did and that mention of him he experiments on people and was one of the main followers of Red Skull it's good that they brought him in what you want are cipher characters that allow the story to move forward so you see him you don't dwell too much but you understand that he's been instrumental in these two twins being brainwashed to work on behalf of Hydra and this is where their development happens so he's just merely a cipher character so it ends up being about the twins and how they interact with the Avengers in amongst all of that you've got Captain America and Tony Stark fighting against where they think their responsibility lies because Tony Stark building his army defence and it goes back to what I've said across podcasts how Tony Stark is instrumental in creating his own villains mm. because here's another example well he physically does it doesn't he he does with Ultron yeah, yeah. in his efforts because he can physically do it he's got the money he's got the intelligence I was going to say it. does he get away with it because he pays for everything <laughs> that seems to be the stance he, he does generally pay their tells. wage they do get paid by him technically he's on their payroll so Captain America might lead the group mm. all of the stuff that he has and he's he, still Tony's he's bitch still <laughs> that's the division where it's starting to show the cracks Tony's like we don't need to answer to anybody we just do it okay so quick poll then on that note where do we stand on the Tony captain stance as it is do you understand sympathise and support Tony's concerns and the steps he's taken albeit as Cap quite rightly says it's usually the people who are trying to keep peace or protect peace that end up causing wars or are you with the Cap who what just generally helps fix things when they happen oh my god that's so one-sided description of that poll well it? how would you describe it then <laughs> come on no look I, I'm not going to re-describe it but no I'm, you, you no, re-describe no, 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 it no. I, I, all I will say in Tony's defence just to balance that shit out a little bit is that he's obviously seen a vision that nobody else has seen right so he knows of yeah, things that he, are, could he, potentially yeah, happen yeah but he saw that vision after he'd already started doing the whole Ultron plan that, that plan already sort of existed prior to the vision the vision just merely made him more determined to go through with it and I don't think he did it with bad intention if he'd have known that that was the result of it but if people don't experiment how do we move things forward wow <laughs> if you're an animal rights activist then please send an email to ishtar at the two marks at podstation.co.uk you heard it here first love to see your lipstick on a frog <laughs> already been done probably oh yeah you're going to argue Tony's corner basically that we do need to move things forward and although I don't think that he should have done it in the way that he did it he should have consulted with the rest of the gang and just say this is what I'm thinking what y'all think like a good team player what do y'all think is that where he's from but he didn't he was just like yo Hulk let's just do this and Hulk's obviously just gone along with his mate well he's got a bit of a bromance going on with Bruce Banner they have yeah. yeah well the way I look at it is he has the money and the mind to do it and if he can just on and do it yeah you, no, you're a bit like, amen Latham. but you're a bit like that aren't you yeah but that, that's why I'm a prick <laughs> nobody likes me oh I like you I mean that probably says more about you than he does the rest of the world 
I'm on Tony's side for this. If yeah, I had, too. If I was a multi-billionaire and I could make things and I like tinkering around. But well, you would ask the others, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, that isn't the answer to the question I was looking for because you're saying, oh, I'll do that, fine. But in terms of who you agree with on a point of principle, are you more take the risks of building this AI technology over which you potentially have no controls, no experimentation to determine how safe it is, but we're going to do it anyway because we need to preempt what might come? Hmm. Or are you on more cap side? I'll tell you exactly where I am. I understand Captain America's principles based on his 1940s understanding of the worldview, but Tony Stark has been in space, seen the Chitauri invasion and experienced something. I mean, he wasn't there for that long, was he? <laughs> He was on there for about 10 seconds. I think that's probably 10 seconds more than his suit would filled up of poo because <laughs> I don't know how you would cope if you'd been flung in the... Bear in mind, he had a suit that had run out of energy and uh, was just... And also he probably wasn't even that conscious when he was there. So when you say he experienced the battle in space, he was probably unconscious no, with a suit saw, full of poo. He saw the Chitauri invasion. No one else saw that. And obviously from Iron Man 3, he suffered from the PTSD that came with that. Yeah. He, moving forward, has experienced that and that's affected him. And because of his PTSD, PTSD and his ability to make these suits of armour, which he controls, by the way. In fact, Jarvis controls, so he knows it's safe to a point because that's the whole point of this movie isn't it but Captain America's experience is let's not have that happen let's be a team and respond as a team would Tony's part of the team he's funding everything it's his building it's his tech they're on his payroll he has the, he has the ability to do it so he does a sentence you've used it's easy to ask for forgiveness and permission and yeah. that's what he's done he's just gone and done it and they've gone what? <laughs> That's where I stand, Team Star. You're obviously Team Cap. Oh, totally. And I'm in the middle. There we go. We posed this question in a previous episode. Perhaps it's a good time to revisit it, not least because the next scene in this film is the after party prior to us meeting Ultron, where lots of shenanigans occur. With this being in mind, who would pass the pint test out of the Avengers now? If you were at this party and Tony turned up and wanted to start not talking to you because he wouldn't, he'd talk at you, would you hang around for that? drink or would you fuck him off and go find someone else I was going to say <laughs> this may need to be a quick fire decision because I've got a lot of people I'm supposed to go through no you wouldn't have a drink with Tony no I don't drink but no I, I don't either but I, uh, metaphorical let's say a coca cola yeah a pint of coke no I wouldn't you wouldn't at that particular part you know there's loads of people would you have a pint with Thor of coke obviously yeah 100% yeah I'd have a pint because he'd be showing off his hand wouldn't he he would totally yeah. cap no I think he'd annoy me yeah okay I don't dislike him by the way he would, no no but I think his self-righteousness and his go again, you it's because he's, he's a USA build, build that wall build that <laughs> he's, he's all that isn't he Hawkeye yes the Hawkeye definitely he's a bit down to earth because he's literally got a bow and arrow he's funny yeah, yeah he's, he's funny Black Widow yeah rubbing my wrists <laughs> Banner yeah yeah I think I would he'd get very sciencey though my eyes would I think he'd over. be a really dull conversation nah I'd like it I'd like a, a convo Rody nah. no I reckon he recycles story like he does these underpants he'll be telling at the time him and Tony did something yeah. Got to look at this big picture. Everybody who's super, most of them have inherited Stark technology. Hmm. Who made them super? Tony. Correct. Rhodey would be a bit boring. He'd be doing what you did on the <laughs> Top Gun episode. He'd be like, oh, us pilots. Oh, I remember the time I was getting chased by an F-19 Hornet. Like, all right, Rhodey, where's Bruce Banagon? He's working out pie. I will love a pie. Now, we had at this party, or rather at the after party, was the try and pick up Thor's hammer. Now, we had to go doing this in your office, in the recording studio. <laughs> we, we totally did. Where is that video? I don't know, you 
you know, it must be somewhere. I, I think it, it I might be in the folder I somewhere. I broke a nail. That was so funny. We might have to redo oh, it now. The office looks a bit more pleasant. Um, we had a go at doing it. Obviously, the Avengers had a go at doing it. Mm. We see Vision later on picking up the hammer with a breeze. Did Cap move the hammer? Yeah, it, it moved. Did. Yeah, you saw it move. Because we saw Thor's face. Thor was laughing his little cheeky face off, wasn't he? And then it moved a little fraction. He and went, he was what? like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> now, do we think he could pick it up properly? Or do we think he was playing it? Or do we think just by virtue of the fact he was able to move it slightly? It seems to be one of those weapons where you can either just pick it up or you can't. doesn't seem to be a, a happy medium where you can pick it up slightly, but it's a bit too heavy. Well, you've got to be worthy of it, haven't you? I know, but just to be able to move it suggests he's worthy. Well, Which obviously destroys all of your arguments for the last five minutes about your self-righteousness. wasn't willingly moving. It only works in the hand of someone who is worthy. The hammer is sentient and allows itself to be moved. The question becomes far deeper. Did it move or was it resisting the movement of Captain America? Ooh. That is, dun, dun, that is dun, dun. deep. I mean, on the basis I'm Cap, it moved because he's worthy. When you pick it up and just flick it round in that, it's because it's willingly happy to be picked up. But Cap's the kind of guy who would pretend he couldn't lift it up because he wouldn't want to Arrogant. embarrass Thor or he wouldn't want to be the centre of attention that he's just picked it up. It's gagging in on Thor's thing, isn't it, really? But he put it out there to be, go and have a go with this. Yeah, no, but he didn't genuinely believe anyone was going to be able to move it. Did the Hulk do it? No, the Hulk didn't have a go. Oh, no, he didn't because he pretended to turn into the Hulk. He yeah, like, he Rah. did, yeah. But the Hulk wouldn't be able to move it because I don't think Hulk is worthy. He goes around destroying cities and probably injuring countless innocent people. That doesn't strike me as a, an innocent, worthy human being. Well, person. Do I judge you? Say, There's two remember questions. Team Cap. Are you worthy <laughs> or are you strong enough to move it? Yeah, but it's not if about I, that. I, it's magic. It won't move unless you're worthy. It will move if you're worthy because it'll allow itself to be picked up, but it will move if you're strong enough to move it. No, if it I won't. was If I picked you up, right, and you purposely tried your best to force yourself down, I could probably lift you, but not as much as I would if you helped me. No, I disagree. I think in this instance, oh, the hammer would actually, not move. No, I think he's right. No, he's not. Whether he, you're talking about physics, but I'm not. I'm talking about magic. Magic's different. <laughs> Is it? Totally. <laughs> Tell me all about that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> speaking of magic, we meet old Ultron. Oh, it's good. It's a good intro. He's all like broken, but not really broken. Snarly and dribbling. Yeah. Like me in the morning. That is you in the morning. Proper scary looking. You don't know if he's a goodie or a baddie. <laughs> that is definitely me. That is so him. Don't know what side of the bed he's woken up on. You would do, wouldn't Half, you? Because <laughs> otherwise he would have rolled over you. <laughs> so you literally do know what side of the bed he got out of? She meant metaphorical. Metaphorical, right. Is he yeah. on the metaphorical pint on the way he's rolling? metaphorically over you oh I bet me bum on the on the lampshade there me. yeah I love it there was a good intro to him I like made himself out of all of the wasted components from Tony Stark's International Space Soldier. Force yeah do you think he misses out on being as good a baddie in this film to say Loki was in the first one because we'd had an experience of Loki in the first Thor film whereas Ultron is literally just this film into so you don't really get the background you don't get an opportunity to build or sympathise with him because I kind of understand the logic of what he was trying to argue as being his philosophy which led him to the decision he made and to be honest just walking through the streets on a day-to-day basis I can't say I necessarily disagree that all humans are morons and we should just wipe us all out because it's probably the easiest solution Um, but by the same token I don't feel this film gave enough time for you to understand that story arc and therefore I never really 
really gave a shit about him, if that makes sense. Oh, well, I liked this villain. James Bader has just got a lovely voice to have him doing the motion capture and the voice for it. It's just great. He's the baddie from Mannequin, that's all I can remember. Wow, you're going back a while. What I am. It? Well, he's the baddie in Blacklist. I think he was a good villain, not one of these wet villains. Definitely not one of these stupid villains that Marvel's kicking out now. He followed through on everything he was going to do, which is what you want in a villain. He did, but I just don't feel like I got enough time with him to... <laughs> care too much. He just felt like another dustbin baddie. You have him he causes a problem, there's a bit of a kerfuffle and he ends up in the bin at the end of it. Yeah but that's not the purpose of this film. The purpose of this film is bringing the twins in and showing that the team can you know pull together even more really he's just a facilitator, he's not really I know but my point is that it was very much the same in the first Avengers film where they were bringing the Avengers together and can they work as a team, blah 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 but the difference there was that you had Loki who was a baddie we all very much bought into because we knew him from the first Thor movie so we already had a bit of an affinity for him and his cheekiness <laughs> with cheeky yeah his cheekiness with Ultron you don't have that yeah but he's just badass isn't it because you can't really kill him well clearly you can because by the end of it well, he's vision dead. does like but you know you could say the same about a lot of the villains because in this film there's a lot of villainy the Hydra aspect of yeah, the, yeah. The but binned off the twins obviously hang around but then they become goodies at the end then so you got Ulysses Claw you see He's called, now he was an interesting one I think the reason they've introduced him because he's got connections to the wider MCO and the wider comics as he's a let's call you call them dustbin villains I would call him a stepping stone villain yeah because of his history with Ultron and of history with Wakanda a lot of villains in this that need to box off you've got your prime villain and you've got your subprime villains yeah don't give them mortgages <laughs> well you box them together don't <laughs> you and sell them as a subprime that's right, yeah. villain Strucker is like a cipher villain to introduce the twins the twins are being manipulated to attack the Avengers. Separate to that, you've got the goodwill that Tony Stark's trying to do has inadvertently created this super sentient AI, Ultron, which is what Tony Stark was going to call the system. And he happens then to form agreement with Ulysses Claw. And so you've got this meeting of minds there with the villains. There's got to be a reason why the Avengers come together. Mm. And it's because you can't really kill him because once you wipe him out, you just create another robot that replaces him. I mean, I really liked Ulysses Claw. I would have preferred to have seen a bit more, more of him. him. Mm. He's another one they introduce and he doesn't get used a lot and then unfortunately can't mention it because we'll probably be covering it in a separate podcast but he appears again doesn't he I mean he does seem a bit harmless (laughs) (laughs) not sexual he does mention Wakanda as well yes which was a big one and vibranium he has a lot of vibranium Mm. in his pantry (laughs) it was mentioned anyone who's seen Iron Man 2 would have seen it was on the map Wakanda they already knew which direction they were going to go and Wakanda's famous for which superhero Black Panther and we haven't obviously come across Black Panther yet but the fact that they're now blatantly mentioning it Ulysses Claw's got a huge connection to Wakanda because he's a weapons trainer because Wakanda's the largest place for vibranium where the meteorite crashed and the huge deposit of vibranium there they make Captain America's shield made out of it it's Black Panther his suit is vibranium which is not a spoiler it's in the comics so Ulysses Claw connection to Wakanda and Ultron are well and truly documented in the comics sorry is Iron Man's suit did you say he's made out of vibranium Black Panther's suit oh right okay latterly the nanotechnology is yeah. what he uses which you saw in 
Iron Man 3, Ulysses stole some at some point because now you know the connection between Wakanda. Yeah. I think Ultron would be good if he appeared again with him being a computer program. There was only so much you could do with that, really, which is you could keep destroying all the robots and then you just put a magnet over it and you're dead <laughs> or spill some water on it. <laughs> like... uh, speaking of weapons, Ooh. ignoring Tony... <laughs> who, in my opinion, is just one big weapon. All right. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, because I'm not sure where, where you stand on this conversation. He does introduce the Hulkbuster. Yes. So, Veronica. Yeah, Veronica, the Hulkbuster, because obviously Hulk tears in and destroys an entire city because Wanda's got inside his brain. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, because a lot of fans thought that it was introduced in Air Mine 3, but that was Igor, which is a heavy lifting suit. Right. They had all those suits, didn't they? Yeah, he had that one with the sort of the small head. Yeah, well, that's Igor. Right. Everyone thought it was the Hulkbuster suit. You're wrong. Does he name them all like yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, does all got names. Yeah. Okay. They've got numbers and names. Yeah, all right. Well, well Mark did. Obviously. That's why we have him. It's the only reason he's here. <laughs> he's the brains of this outfit. Then he came out for a loaf. <laughs> but no, he. Well, see, the thing is, Tony Stark learned from his mistakes. Mm, not very well. Slowly. The reason why I'm saying he does is because one of the suits that it's in Iron Man 3 is a space armor suit following what happened in the Avengers when he ended up in space. He created one. And then on his second mark, to um, suit he makes the adjustable flaps on his retro thrusters because the first one he ended up flying out into the desert didn't he so he does learn from his mistakes and then when he lands in Avengers Assemble if you notice when he goes into Stark Tower his nano suit his feet retract so he lands softly Loki can't hear him enter so he does learn wow interesting between the two of them they did an inordinate amount of damage, damage to yeah. that city yeah. which wouldn't have stood them in particularly good stead popularity wise the funny thing because I said this to you and it I was like oh Tony Stark is saving those people from the lift but then he's going crashing through buildings like yeah. there's four people in there 55 million have just witnessed and been part of the other recklessness well, they lost that heritage grant he drags Hulk through the building and goes oh how quick can I buy this lols because I'm just about to bring this building down ignoring the fact that whilst the building might be empty a bit like what happened with the Twin Towers if you bring an enormous skyscraper down it doesn't matter how direct down would you do it it's the fallout in and amongst the immediate area and I don't know if you noticed but there was three lanes of traffic either side of that building which was full in the MCU there are things that legislate superheroes it means then you can't just please yourself and smash things to bits but it's where the division comes further then isn't it near the end of this film with Sokovia before we go on to that we have Thor who the reason why Hulk obviously destroys the city is because Wanda's got in his brain and given him a whatever vision it might have been that was going through his head she also does likewise to Thor, Thor. obviously skirted over Kat and Natasha's because they seemed pretty boring but Thor's actually seems quite pertinent and quite important to where this Marvel arc is headed for his story yeah, yeah. there's reference to the Infinity Stones in his vision yeah. which we've obviously been picking up on as we've been going through these films and he concludes at the end of this and in fact we see as the post credit sting that somebody or we now know Thanos is now after getting all of these stones and the vision Thor has is very much of that and it does seem to rock him quite significantly yeah. what was the pool scene what I don't get that the what sorry when, when he takes his top off 
often just gets in the water. Where he goes naked. into the water. What was the purpose of that? Water of sight flashback. To go back and relive what he saw. Part of his dreams, he gives the exposition of the Infinity Stones because it's the first time the Mind Stones referenced. Yeah. Previously, it's just been on Loki's scepter. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to recreate the vision he had, courtesy of Wanda. Right. So he goes to that pool, which to see seems what to happens have magic next, power basically. because he needs to see it again because what he thought he understood, he needed to see again to be absolutely sure that he understood what it was that was going on. It was my understanding of it. Right. Um, it all goes to shit and they need to go and hide away somewhere because they're now no longer very popular having levelled an entire city and head to dun 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 Hawkeye's home Aww. with his wife and his kids. Yeah. I guess this is actually probably the start of the film. I think Hawkeye up to this point has had some brilliant moments. He was really funny in the initial action scene when he's firing the arrows and Quicksilver puts him on his ass. And then you've got the second time when they're fighting with Ultron when he's with Ulysses Claw. Only this time he's a bit more savvy, so he's the one who puts Quicksilver on his ass. Yeah. And there's always a bit of witty balance that goes in and amongst that. We then obviously go to his house. So the film does feel very Hawkeye-centric and not in a way which is particularly morose. It's actually quite an upbeat. This is quite a laissez-faire guy. He's happy-go-lucky. He's got a wonderful humour about him, but he's also under no illusions that he has no superpowers. He has no right to be where he is. Mm. He puts himself at great risk of doing that. He doesn't underestimate how much he's at risk. And he also has a huge amount to lose because he has a family who somehow seem to understand and accept his job because I'm not sure there'd be an awful lot of job security in coming home if you were married to Hawkeye. You're talking about Laura Barton. She works for S.H.I.E.L.D. Ah, okay. She is in fact Agent 19, also known as Mockingbird. Right. That is why she appreciates it because she's heavily trained, particularly in baton fighting. They don't mention that, but I think like you saw in Avengers Assemble, Black Widow and Clint Barton. Well, it was quite lovely that friendship. You see it in Avengers, but this adds a really fluffy side to it. Yeah, and and Natasha. And and Natasha, yeah. yeah, That was really quite touching. Mm. But he is one of the few who has a family. It makes sense that if you're going to have a film like this, that you maybe have a little bit of levity where you go back home to see your family because the others don't, you know, they're all either working on the next mission. You don't have anyone to go back to. Tony Stark's a playboy and Thor has a love interest, but he's off in Asgard and stuff like that, whereas Clint Barton's got a family and kids. And DIY projects. Yeah. He's on a homestead, isn't he? He's got a farm, yeah. he's got cows to milk. Mm. What do we do with them? <laughs> Logs to chop. It's lovely, yeah. yeah. If the Avengers came to your house, what would you have them do first? Obviously, oh, okay. his wife makes a beeline for Tony to fix the tractor. Yeah. But, yeah, only because that was really the Nick Fury's in the barn, but I can't tell you that Nick Fury's in the barn. I know, but still, if the tractor needs fixing, you definitely would. Yeah. Uh, cap, straight on the logs. Pardon? Yeah. <laughs> Why have you given him a tandoori? <laughs> He's chopping up the logs. What, what's everyone else doing? Help with the Sunday lunch. Isn't I it? think what I would. Yeah, have... but do you think Natasha's any good in the kitchen? Nah. No, no, she'd burn all everything. She'd she's be rubbish. shit at cooking. Yeah. I just don't think she's got it in her. She'd burn an egg. I would have her kidnap my neighbour. <laughs> <laughs> the one who keeps leaving his bins out too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah. Assassinate him. <laughs> Just gone. Well, there's only two houses in my road, so it'd obviously be empty, and I'll put a bid in for it. What would you um, have to do? Yeah, he could put up some. Um, he could put up pictures with pictures. his hammer. Yeah, he'd have <laughs> huge, huge, massive holes. Fill that extension. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, no. you'd have Quicksilver doing that, wouldn't you? Dead quick. Well, he'd yeah, but do well, the he's not there, is he? No, oh, he's no, gone, he no. couldn't. Yeah, right. he'd be, he would have been handy, but he was a baddie at this point. Right, I would have. Oh, we're not including the baddies at this point, then. Though. No, because they've got to be around at the house. It's the Avengers. It's right. The okay. Well, I'd have there. Tony's army building extensions. Mm. Yeah, but Tony's army wasn't there. It was at the beginning. They've just come no. Back it, I'm talking about in this scene. There are a set number of people there. What are you going to do with the people who were there? Don't start adding people in. Rule breaker. He's, he's hardcore, isn't he? He's forgotten. <laughs> he wasn't as hardcore before he forgot. He's well, like not- Monica from Friends. Stick to the rules, it'll still be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, all right. It's not the same question if you start going, well, we could bring this into the equation and we could bring that into Sasha, we can do what we want. Um, so I can't have Doc Ock in this. <laughs> I mean, you can't even you can't even really use Banner and Natasha because okay, well, why don't you go they're through, schmoozing in the bedroom, aren't they? Well, why don't you go through the list and we can apply function? You've got Natasha. Over. Natasha's assassinated your neighbour. Yes. Uh, Caps cut all your wood up. Tony's fixing the tractor. Hawkeye's what finishing off the DIY project. He's left half done when he last buggered off. Well, that's his wife. He uh, left. Thor's putting up pictures. Who are we missing? Who have we missed off? Bruce Banner. What's he doing? Because he's doing fuck all. He'll be in the kitchen experimenting on the latest ingredients in a nice lovely meat pie okay yeah and I think that's it isn't it I mean well, I have got a tractor so Nick Fury is Nick trying to Fury's find Nick Fury's hiding in the <laughs> in the barn what's he doing well he's put the eye patch on the wrong eye and he's, he thinks he's blind he could be milking cows couldn't he with one eye <laughs> 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 well, he, he might be milking wrong thing. <laughs> anyway. Oh, the lols. Moving on. <laughs> right, I've got Hulk and Matt. That's obviously a typo. I meant Nat. <laughs> that would have been a different scene, wouldn't it? We move on to the cradle, yeah. which we find contains a new character. Dun, dun, dun. The Vision. The Vision. Love it. The Vision. Vision. The Vision. How excited was I when I saw Vision? I know, but you have no context because there's a big gap between WandaVision and this film. Now, in tracking the cradle, we come across a long-lost friend in the IT search department that Tony visited. Did you spot her from Picard? Dr. Gerata. Oh, eyeballs. (laughs) (laughs) She can find an internet link, but she can't look straight. <laughs> you two are wrong, I swear. And she had a really shit Russian accent as well. I didn't notice that. I was too busy trying to work out what she was looking at. <laughs> it took me 20 minutes to work out, and she's off screen. It's funny how you watch a programme and you go, I remember her. They find Jarvis. Now, this is interesting because I just wanted to get your feedback on Friday. Because Friday is Jarvis's replacement, which Friday is introduced. I presume it's Girl Friday. No. No, it's just called Friday. It was introduced when Jarvis first gets purportedly destroyed by Ultron. There's a soft, lilted Irish accent going on. Do we like Friday-ish? I can't remember who Friday is. I think that speaks volumes doesn't it she's the female voice you know Tony's voice over computer that does everything for him oh right that's the replacement for Jarvis when he gets bumped off by to be honest I totally missed that I think that says a lot about Friday doesn't it then well Friday's the AI for his new suit right but Friday is an acronym for female replacement intelligent digital assistant youth right how many brain cells have you used up remembering that that could have been put to better use (laughs) all of them today yeah I'm starting to drool later (laughs) I, I, I have actually just messed myself as well so 
something wasn't working. But there are two others you haven't mentioned, which is Jacosta and Tadachi. Right. They're on the screen at the same time. He's looking through his protocols. And Jacosta's a robot, Ultron built in the comics to be his bride. She promptly betrayed him and joined the Avengers. And Tadachi is just another backup natural language user interface. Okay. Are those Easter eggs then? That- They're things that were in the scene. Well, Friday has been used, hasn't it? But that's where that came from. But there's relevance in the comics for those. Because we're not getting Jarvis's voice back because Jarvis is now in a new shiny body. Love it, but I can't tell you why. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I award you 25 passive-aggressive points. <laughs> the one thing that stuck in my head from the cradle part was when they were trying to steal the cradle back off Ultron. Mm. Go um, Natasha for being a badass getting in the I know plane. she is. She's amazing, is Natasha. I think the phrase, how would you like to take the package, it was, one, <laughs> was one that stuck with me. Of course it was. <laughs> of all of that scene. Yeah, said by no Amazon driver ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just throw it at your yeah. door these days. Yeah, if you're lucky, well, I got a delivery today. It was delivered to a workman next door to my house. Yeah. If they'd like to be a sponsor of the show to Max the podstation.co.uk and also Dave can I be parcel back <laughs> no but obviously she disappears at the end of this doesn't she after being the badass and the main person trying to get this vestibule vestibule <laughs> that's a word I've not heard for 25 years oh my god what century are you from pray tell oh, yeah she gets gotted well she doesn't get gotted she gets captured well that's the same thing well getting gotted to me means Sounds getting killed. killed not if you're from Manchester but I would think if you were from Manchester, it means exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, you get gotted just by being in Manchester. Cheeky. No. Um, <clears throat> right, she gets kidnapped, yeah? Yes. Right. Well, Vision is the new character. What can you say about Vision now that will be useful for us in our journey going forward? Because he's a familiar character from the comics. But of course, for people like me, I mean, obviously, the first time I watched this, and it should be the same for Ish, that we know nothing about who no. Vision is or what he is. All we do know is that he was clearly pure of heart to pick up the hammer, although he does seem to be someone I wouldn't want to have a pint with because a bit like, well, for the reasons you didn't want to have a pint with Cap because he'd be all righteous and boring, I do feel Vision falls even more into that category. Well, obviously he's got a Jarvis vibe about him and Jarvis was always a do-gooder, wasn't no, I thought Jarvis was quite funny. Yeah, Jarvis is the equivalent of like an AI book isn't it? Yeah. Which if you know from the TV show Agent Carter, you'll know that actually the name of Butler was in fact Jarvis. So that's a homage to that. A vision is an embodiment of Jarvis rather than being an AI is now an ascensioned practical physical being of boringness. Both Ultron and Vision made their appearance in Avengers 57 issue at the same time. They've got a long history of being in the comics. This particular movie doesn't dwell too much specifically on those. MCU do that, they retcon stuff and they change things as they Vision's got a long history and probably too many spoilers okay. to go into but he seems quite powerful and obviously he's a conduit for one of the stones yeah well I guess what I've just said there makes perfect sense when you consider he's got one of the infinity stones in his fod but again that there is another way to take the story forward we're in phase four you have a clear idea of where things are running to but you don't lose Paul Bettany then do you no what you've actually got is instead of having just the voice of Paul Bettany you've got Paul Bettany well in. basically what you mean is that Paul Bettany goes from just being a voice to he has to get his lazy ass into shape to get into that suit I bet they're like right we're going to uh, give you 
you a physical embodiment. Oh, really? Yeah. I was enjoying eating those donuts whilst watching them lot working out. Doing his voice voice recordings whilst chomping down a Chinese banquet, and they go, Not anymore. You, yeah. He's like 25 stone. He's like, you're going to be on age roll Trump what? <laughs> yeah. um, You've got six weeks to get your ass into some sort of order. He seems to be a really boring character for me on first impressions. He seems really too goody-goody two-shoes and incredibly powerful, which, as we all know, my Superman complex is just an instant turn-off for me as a character. What about you, Ish? What can I say now, though? You can say. Well, you can talk about your impressions of Vision. Well, the fact that he has the Mind Stone embedded into his body is an interesting thing because you know how significant the Mind Stone is when it's been used in the past on Loki's Do you think Loki's going to shove his scepter up his ass and roll around with him? Like a lollipop. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought I saw, I thought that that was powerful, and obviously we know that the stone harnesses the best of that person, doesn't it? Is it that it accentuates it a little bit more or something? The mind stone. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of imbues the person who's holding it. Exactly. So it, well, it exaggerates the person. So if you've got a dark heart, it will exaggerate it those. Yeah, and if you're lighter, you'll, so it. And well, visions the opposite counterpoint to Ultron. Yeah. So Ultron's got the way he has because he's seen all of the negativity of humans. Vision has had the best of what he's seen. Ultron is me in the morning and Vision is me in the evening. Or you in the morning and me in the morning. (laughs) More likely. That's true. Okay. You in the morning, boring and righteous. (laughs) Noted. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Wow. I feel like I'm witnessing this unravel in front of my very eyes. And obviously having the stone, which gives him the power, he is very powerful. He's very practical, moralistic, ethical, by the book, follows rules. You know what rules are like. Yeah. Captain American and him would be besties, wouldn't well, they? Well, that's the thing. They do share certain... Principles yeah. and, of life. Don't get me wrong. I love a good principle. I stand by certain principles. But I do think sometimes... Rules are there to be broken. Well, no, I don't think that. But I do think... <laughs> <laughs> really lay them. That's you, one of my... You stood out on that limb, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's Tough. one of my principles. Don't break any rules. I like and get caught. Yeah, I like to work in areas of grey. Like uh-huh. say, I'm not always black and white. Life matters. But you could be um, my ba- you could be my baby. <laughs> I don't want to break a rule but I'll bend it there you go there you go that's okay Uh, the one thing they did try and bend was Sokovia yeah and wipe out all of humankind Ultron was trying to do that um, just to clarify yes of course yeah the Avengers are a little bit full on with their response wasn't all their fault though there was a lot of destruction but it was pretty much I don't think it was the Avengers fault it was it was Tony's (laughs) fault because if Tony hadn't done what he did in the first place then we wouldn't have had that situation but once Ultron had created 40 billion robots there isn't an awful lot you can do but destroy them all yeah but they did try and minimise the impact and best of all Cap got in the amazing line of if you get killed walk it off fabulous line and the twins turned (laughs) see it disturbs me every time you say you two say the twins all I can think of is boobs Well, that contains the whole sentence. But when the twins turn, it's like inverted nipples or something. Oh, come on. on. (laughs) The twins turn. Such a wrong one. 
Like a Stephen King novel. Turn into goodies, bloody hell. Well, yeah, I mean, because they realise, don't they, they've been manipulated mahusively yeah. by not own Baron von Strucker, but also by Ultron. Ultron. Mm. Because they've already been that way inclined and he's been tarnished by what he's seen. It's an easy thing for them, isn't it, just to kind of follow that narrative? But there was such a human element to that, isn't it, that they didn't just continue to be baddies even though they saw the bad that was happening. They actually had something inside of them saying, we can't support this, unlike a lot of the people that work with Hydra. Yeah. They flip-flop. <laughs> I mean, they clearly didn't do the research properly when they picked a side, and then as soon as they realised, they flip-flop faster than a flip-flop. What they did is what Generation Z do, is don't fact-check. They were told something and believed it. Yeah. So they went on Twitter. Twitter said the, the <laughs> Twitter said the, the Avengers... Well, maybe not now, because Elon Musk's got it. Twitter said the Avengers are bad, and they went, yeah, I believe that. Yeah. They didn't fact-check, whereas if they had fact-checked and gone on to Google, not a sponsor... The they two marks at the pod station at the UK. They would have found out that actually the Avengers are good. Nice. Unfortunately, one of them didn't last that long enough to be well, that good. Well, before he gets killed off, Hawkeye gives Wanda a magnificent pep talk. Oh, right. Yeah, he does. <laughs> He's married. We've found this out. Yeah. Yes. Great pep talk. And yeah, he dies. He died while running really fast as well. He did. Which seems a bit daft to die when you should be able to dodge bullets and stuff. But did you think he might survive that? I did have a feeling he'd have to go. Can't explain why. It was just something about the character and the fact he wasn't on, on screen much. Yeah, there was an awful lot of under armour getting warm on the spandex. Was, yeah. I mean, that's going to cheer for running that fast. <laughs> Although, again, I feel that his powers should and could have been better curbed. I can't remember whether I'm just making this up. One of the issues of running that fast is that it burns so much calories because of obviously how hard his body has to work. And therefore, he can't indefinitely run that fast because he needs to refuel and needs to recover. Whereas in this film, there doesn't seem to be any indication at any point that he's running out of steam. Occasionally, he stops and blows out a puff. <laughs> <laughs> that you can laugh at your own jokes. <laughs> what about the running? <laughs> but you don't... <laughs> oh, my oh. God. It's hilariously bad, isn't it? I think you're getting mixed up with The Flash, but you're not wrong. Yeah. I think The Flash has laboured more on the physiological impact to be able to run ridiculously fast, and you're probably not wrong. But um, anyway, I mean, he's dead now, so who gives a shit? Matter. I mean, it was a good advert for um, Under Armour, Yeah. but let's be honest, The Rock does that better, doesn't he, when he wears all their stuff? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the next generation of Avengers, sort of almost the wrap-up scene for this film, Tony disappears off to do Tony things, and Bruce Banner's nicked a ship and buggered off somewhere in yeah. a sulk and it pretty much seems to leave Nat and Cap as the only two original Avengers Thor's gone off to investigate the stones we're almost left in that hangar with what appears to be the next gen of Avengers really mm. they don't seem as impressive I have to be honest it's like a low calorie version it does I, I don't feel the same affinity for Rhodey or for the Falcon <laughs> they're all a they're bit they're all side characters all at bit, the minute pfft. aren't they but we don't know enough about them that's why well, the Falcon's not in it yet is he no he is. Yeah. He was Cap's mate in oh, The Winter sorry, Soldier, yeah. and then they brought him in for two seconds in this one. Yeah, I forgot. Do you want to show you how? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's literally like a Diet Coke version of the Avengers, isn't it? Mm. Like um, Avengers Light. <laughs> 
And as I've mentioned, the end of film post-credit spoiler is Thanos. But the Thanos, because up to this point we've kind of seen a Thanos, Josh Brolin, who did the voice, and we haven't seen him face on being proper Thanos, which was quite exciting, although he's got a massive testicle chin. Which you always talk about. Mm. Such a boy. He did do the voice for Thanos, he just didn't do the motion capture for him. His colours changed, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, the people were skitting that he looked a bit like... Umplumpers. The, one of the villains in Power Rangers, they were recoloured him. I'm not sure whether that's racist or not, but um, <laughs> probably is these days. But he's been darkened with the bald chin. <laughs> <laughs> probably what your trousers look like after that cycling accident you had yesterday <laughs> purple purple. purple balls which is a Prince song artist formerly known as does that mean it goes on the list then I think, even well, though it's a post credit scene I mean I suppose Ooh. technically it could do could because he's been in the film but I mean I would be slightly offended if you've based on that two seconds of put him in although I guess the gauntlet itself does give us an indication of how bad shit's about to get because the gauntlet is of course the Infinity Gauntlet. Which means what to those people who are not familiar with the comics? The whole point of this gauntlet is that it's the facility that has the power to hold the stones. So at the moment, mere mortals like us touch a single stone would probably just evaporate. Yeah. This gauntlet is designed to have all six of them. Now, you would have seen this gauntlet in Thor, the first film, as one of the artefacts that was hidden in the basement. This kind of ramps it up now, because if you remember, Thanos has instructed other people to do his bidding. This now means he's going to... From like the Guardians specifically is where he started this. Yeah, yeah. so he's going to roll his sleeves up and literally get this... this Show on the road himself. I mean, going by the rules, it shouldn't really be included because I included Thanos at the last post-credit scene. Well, not Thanos. I did What's-His-Face, didn't I, Ronan? You did Thanos. I did Yeah, but we don't know anything about him in this MCU world. In a second, after the Easter eggs, we'll come on to the ranking of the film and of the characters. And generally, my principle for the characters is that we have to have got to have known them in order to to make an assessment of where they are. And you still could argue you don't know him. So that's your favourite part of it? No, not at all. It's an exciting part of the film because of post-credits stings that we've had up to this point, yeah. they always do tend to leave you thinking, oh, it's exciting, what's coming next? This is like a massive mic drop moment of yeah. what's going to come over the next however many films it's going to be. Yeah, because what you've had prior to this is a very Hitchcockian approach where you've had glimpses sort of a bit like Jaws where you know there's something in the water. You've seen a flipper and the woman scream and a bit of blood but Whereas now in this, he's, he's just he's pulled someone's leg off oh, yeah. <laughs> and just popped up and gone I'll do it myself you're now aware that you're bleeding profusely well with that glove you would <laughs> easter eggs we've mentioned the infinity stones and Thanos mentioned by Thor when he was doing his exposition the line that gives a bit more power to Thanos's approach is that he said fine I'll do it myself prior to that it was Loki and Ronan the, the accuser who was given the job we've mentioned Friday Jocasta and Tadashi who were the AIs that were in the film Stanley gets another cameo as a World War 2 veteran and says Excelsior which is his iconic phrase well actually then he goes oh, hell, hell. <laughs> yeah because he's drunk isn't he was, I thought you were drunk in that version that was yeah. the connection specifically with Ultron in the comics it's slightly different because the Maximoff twins first meet him when he's wearing a red shroud and was introduced in the comics as the Crimson Cowl but this story has slightly changed because in the Ultron Unlimited 
limited comic. There's a the character invades a fictional East European country with an army of robot drones, whereas this story slightly touches upon it with the fact that it's Sokovia, another fictitious Eastern European country. Joss Whedon just liked the idea of that. Falcon makes a comment leaning towards the Winter Soldier when he was looking for that inverted commas missing person. That kind of tells you that there's still the ongoing investigation to where the Winter Soldier is and what's going on there. Veronica gets mentioned and Veronica's reference to the Archie comics, Veronica Lodge and Betty Cooper, which was the rival to that character who shares her name with Betty Ross, who's the love interest of Bruce Banner. So I thought that was quite a nice one. Tony Stark apologises to Hulk for bringing up Puny Banner, which is a reference to the comic book phrase where Hulk and his alter ego used to have hostility between him as Hulk and him as his human counterpart. War Machine's back. Yeah. <laughs> He's obviously got... Hear the excitement in our voices. I Recycling do... them shitty stories. He's got rid of the red, white and blue paint job, hasn't he? Bit Trumpian. <laughs> He might be in that chafing armour. I would rather prefer him than the other guy that was going to play him. Oh, he's definitely the better of the two roadies. I, I don't mind this roadie. I, I jest slightly. He's okay, but he's not one of my more favourite characters when you've got this ensemble. When you've got everyone else, like, all right, and tag along. Wakanda, we mentioned, that's the source of vibranium. We saw it was the metal that made the shield for Captain America and introduced in, MC, in the MCU in Iron Man 2. Ulysses Claw gets his first cameo because his connection to Wakanda's well and truly placed in the comics where he stole a crate of vibranium from Wakanda because he's a weapons and arms dealer. In the comics, he changed his names to Claw with a W. Oh, I've got a friend who changed the name from K-A-T-E to Kate, which is C-A-I-T, just because. Okay. Is he one of them? Well, he changed this because his dad was a Nazi. Okay, perhaps slightly more (laughs) understandable. So I would say no. (laughs) He doesn't become a weapons dealer, so... Well, unless Katie's now a weapons Dealer. Taking the moral high ground yeah. because your dad's a Nazi feels slightly. Also, just putting W on instead of, you know, UE doesn't really change it that much, does it? The other thing, which we haven't mentioned specifically, he loses his arm to Ultron during their altercation. Continues the running gag of someone losing an arm. I think the left arm. So in the five movies that have happened, someone loses an arm. Helen Cho gets a cameo. Now, she is only notable for being the mother of Amadeus Cho, who is a kid who becomes a super genius teenager. That's an amazing name. Amadeus Cho. No, super genius teenager. Is that the superhero? <laughs> That's my album coming out. <laughs> Helen Cho is the go-to doctor for the Avengers, but her son, that isn't mentioned, but in the comics, is a super genius. And my prediction here, which I'm just going to throw out there, he becomes the best friend of the demigod Hercules and sometimes went on adventures with him, particularly one where he was saving Zeus from Hades. I'm not going to say any more on That's that. That's a bit random. Well, it will be on first listen, but in about several episodes time it won't be Jane Foster she gets a mention and when he's in his water of sight flashback or flash forward or whatever it is he's in that but he's obviously doing well for himself because he's got a sports car now. yeah Tony's probably paying for it yeah I was going to say he's paying else. for else yeah when they're lifting the hammer Black Widow doesn't partake at all there's no way she's going to be worthy well this is what you think you see however in the comics in the what if comics issue 3 called Age of Ultron after Thor is killed by Black Widow she's able to lift the hammer and actually takes on his name wow Baron Wolf 
Wolfgang von Strucker we mentioned he's in this his introduction was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Howling Commandos Dr. List is in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then in the Fox show The Gifted the Von Strucker family get more expansion because that's in the X-Men universe and then Ultron talking in his monologues about invaders and creating Avengers referencing World War II superhero team that fought the Nazis specifically Captain America which he was one of the founding members before joining the Avengers so he's making that connection between Captain America and the Avengers Captain America gets his shield upgrade so you're skitting at Tony Stark but his magnetic shield is returned to him and upgraded which is a link to the comics he usually goes to the more hands-on approach later down the line rather than having magnetic that probably got him in trouble as well HR but the hands-on a dead Chitauri Leviathan ship is featured in the Hydra workshop Tony Stark's nightmare vision sees dozens of them which is possibly hinting that Thanos still has lots of them at his disposal Crawford which was an easter egg appeared on Truck which can be seen when he's having the fight could be referencing Dr Gregory Crawford Bruce Banner's mentor who went on to become a Hulk like creature called Ravage there's a moment in the film where there's a memorial to the first responders the Battle of New York placed at Grand Station Central we mentioned Laura Barton who as I've mentioned before was Agent 19 and in the Ultimate Comics she was killed by Black Widow everyone likes choking Tony Stark <laughs> in every in every movie so far someone's grabbed Tony Stark by the throat and Thor has done the same in this film we get a flashback to Black Widow doing ballet straight out the comics to the Red Room which expands her story we've already covered a little bit about Vision and Ultron there's a complicated history to Vision and Wanda Wanda did have other love interests one important one to mention which I'll mention it now Wonder Man who she met while she was working and serving as founding members of the West Coast Avengers and in several months time we can revisit it Simon Williams was working in the family munitions business and found guilty of embezzlement and went to prison he got out on bail because it was paid for by Amor of the Enchantress no they were in competition with Stark Industries but he blamed the reason they weren't doing well on Tony Stark because they were in the munitions industry but Amor of the Enchantress paid his bail and Baron Zemo asked him if he wanted to be a test subject and so he then went under treatment for an ionic ray which gave him superpower and he got the name Wonder Man shit name Quicksilver and Wanda they're referred to the twins but people might have forgotten the fact that actually they are brother and sister in X-Men and also in the MCU now they were adopted but the real mother was a lady called Natalia Maximoff who was the previous Scarlet Witch and her father who for a while was established as Magneto Wanda Maximoff is also who's known as Scarlet Witch is a Romanian transient sorceress there is evidence that in fact they are orphans but were enhanced by the High Evolutionary which is a name to listen out for at Mount Wondergore so there you go and then there were massive cameos Nick Fury James Rhodes Sam Wilson Peggy Carter Maria Hill Eric Selvig Baron Von Strucker Hemdahl Thanos to mention sorry she got ching ching Ching. Every yeah. time you mention someone, there's that small money in the yeah, word bill. Pepper Potts, Jane Foster mentioned. Ching. Joss Whedon filmed a short cameo for Loki, but it was cut. And then there's new characters including Vision, Ultron, Maximoff Twins, Helen Show, Laura Barton, Yuthi's Claw. Finally, the very last scene, just as all of these low calorie version Avengers are getting together, just before it's cut, Captain America is just about to say those immortal, magical word Avengers. Ah, fuck it. Done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, my friends, is it. 
That's, that's all she wrote. Fabulous. Well, there was plenty to unpick there. Now on to my favourite part of the show, which is the... Ranking. The fallout section. Each time we do one of these films, we rank out of ten the film we've just watched, and we place it in what is becoming a longer list, a compiled list of our Marvel movies up to this point. Ultimately, with when we get up to date with these films, we should have a list of where we rate all of these movies. Who wants to go first this time? Because I'm pretty certain I went first last time. I'll go first. Okay. Do you want me old list? Yeah, go on. Old favourite list movie-wise was one, Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Two was Guardians of the Galaxy 2. What did you give them out of 10? 10 out of 10. You're both. For you're one, saying that we know it. 9 out of 10 for the second. Third was Avengers Assemble, 9 out of 10. Fourth was Iron Man, 9 out of 10. Fifth was Iron Man 2, 8 out of 10. Sixth was Thor, 7 out of 10. Seven was Captain America, First Avenger, 7 out of 10. It's really freaking complicated. Eight was Captain America, Winter Soldier, 7 out of 10. 9, Iron Man 3 6 out of 10. Thor Dark World 6 out of 10. Captain Marvel 6 out of 10 and Hulk 1 out of 10. Okay, where are we going to be putting this one? Avengers Age of Ultron 9 out of 10 coming in at number 3. Number 3, so it's below Guardians of the Galaxy 2 but above Avengers Assemble. So you think this film is better than Avengers Assemble? Yes. Wow. Because there's new characters being introduced and Thanos had a bit more time. Thanos had about 5 seconds. (laughs) That's all right. It, I like the way that it I like the direction <laughs> this going that makes no sense whatsoever it makes sense to me shut up Runtime two and a half hours Thanos time one five second minutes. <laughs> like, five minutes you mean five generous. seconds whatever no I liked it I like the new characters I like the direction it's going it's interesting it's getting bigger than it was last time so there she said Lay them <laughs> so my existing top 10 is number 1 Avengers Symbol at 9 out of 10 number 2 is Iron Man at 9 out of 10 number 3 is Captain America Winter Soldier 8 out of 10 number 4 is Iron Man 3 8 out of 10 number 5 is Iron Man 2 8 out of 10 number 6 is Guardians of the Galaxy 8 out of 10 number 7 is Guardians of the Galaxy 2 8 out of 10 number 8 is Captain Marvel 8 out of 10 number 9 Captain America First Avenger 7 out of 10 and number 10 is Thor 7 out of 10 I'm just doing top 10 no no 10. Okay, number 11 is Thor Dark World 7 out of 10 and number 12 is Hulk 6 out of 10 so there's already quite a big difference between our top 10s where is this one going first of all I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 okay why <laughs> break that out of a lifetime <laughs> It's like we've not been away, isn't it? <laughs> and it's going above Captain America Winter Soldier. Wow, so number three in your list. Yeah. So you think this one's better than... Oh, no, sorry, just making that up. I can see Avengers Assemble's top. I'm just talking shit. Why change it? How about my lifetime? <laughs> Quite exactly. <laughs> so it's a solid eight out of ten. Does this mean because it's the topic could have easily gone into the nine yeah. out of ten? What stopped it from going nine? I think because, well, although I like the villains, it's going to sound like I'm going against what I said earlier, you've got this problem where you've got a lot of stories... If you're not careful, I mean, it didn't happen with me, but I can think that if you're not careful and you miss a bit, it would be very easy to lose the thread of what's going on. Not because I didn't think the villains were particularly bad. There was just a lot of moving parts and there was a lot of subplots going on. The more characters you introduce, the more time they've got to spend unravelling the story, but you lose the plot because you're filling in gaps so the viewer Mm. understands why is it important about the Red Room, for example. I think it lost points on the fact that it was quite a busy movie. Okay. Like Ish mentioned, you've introduced 
Ulysses Claw. Mm. For me, I got excited about that. If you're not a comic fan, it's another character to start thinking about. Okay, who wants to know what I gave <laughs> well, it? Go on, Pollard. Right, my existing list was number one, Avengers Assemble, 10 out of 10. Guardians of the Galaxy, 10 out of 10. Iron Man, 9 out of 10. Captain America Winter Soldier, 9. Captain America First Avenger, 8. Thor, 8. Guardians of the Galaxy, 2, 8. Iron Man, 3, 8. Oh my God, I sound like Latham. Iron Man, 2, 8. <laughs> Captain Marvel 7, Thor Dark World 6, and right at the bottom, Hulk 4. This is going in... I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. <laughs> it's very difficult because Marvel don't make bad movies. So far, with the exception of Hulk, which I would technically say doesn't fall within this universe because it came way before they actually thought about what the friggin' hell was going on. But they don't generally make bad movies, so it does... Most of them tend to fall within that 7, 8, 9 bracket. This one is a, a solid movie it's an enjoyable movie it's got lots of humour it's got lots of characters that get lots of good time it's a good movie but I do think it just lets itself down a little bit feel the baddies I never really connect to so I don't really care about the story plot if it wasn't for the development of the story arcs of the people I already knew and liked I actually wouldn't give a shit about Ultron mm. Ultron comes and goes almost as quickly as the movie it's like literally oh who was Ultron again at the end of it there was no fear of him there was no weird moral di- like with Loki you can almost sympathise with why he's the arsehole that he is well there's none of that with Ultron huh? I feel this leaves a big hole in this story arc that's why it's going in at number 6 so at the moment it's right in the middle okay. of my movies right moving on to favourite characters the idea is that we will be left ultimately with a top 10 list of our favourite Marvel characters and the rules are that they have to have been in the movie and we can only move them in the top 10 ratings provided they've been in that movie so for example in the Captain America movie you can move Captain America up the rankings but you can't say move Iron Man if he's not been in the movie what happens is we might put someone at number 1 but actually they slip down from that number 1 ranking until such times they're in another movie at which point we might move them back up again who wants to go first with their top 10 Latham do you want to go through your ridiculous top 10 as it currently stands just my top 10 number 1 is Iron Man number two Bucky Barnes slash Winter Soldier number three Loki number four Talos number five Red Skull number six Aldrich Killian number seven Star-Lord number eight Trevor Slattery <laughs> number nine Captain America number ten Ronan the Accuser I just remembered how funny he is <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Now you're going to tell us you ain't changed any of them, are I mean, if you them, think you? of all the characters that have been in the Marvel movies... and <laughs> Pollard's got the list of every character that he's been in the movies. Yeah. He's hedging his bets. Yeah. There's a couple to go in. Okay. I, I mean, I might... Well, I can't, actually, because he wasn't in the film. He was just mentioned. So I'm going to put in, under Iron Man, to at number two, Ultron. <laughs> Even though he's dead. But yeah, that but he's in the movie. I mean, if that, that, if that, that was the case, so pretty much all of Latham's list would have been wiped out. No, I know, but he's yeah, just going to get it? jibbed out of the list eventually because he's already gone. Okay, I mean, all right. Uh, he's not, I can't believe you've got Ultron as your second favourite character out of, of all everyone. of the 13 you know, movies yeah, you've watched do, do so far. Do you know far? why I like him, though? Is because just the guy who voices him and a name we've completely forgotten again. Peter Slattery. Peter Slattery, what? <laughs> no. Trevor. No, the guy who voices Ultron who... We just had it. Michael, no, just that. James Spade. Thank you. <laughs> Bloody hell. That memorable name. James Spade, it just, it's the voice, it's the whole thing for me there. Don't mock it. I'm going to move in at number four. Yeah. <sighs> 
Ricky, Ricky, my heart's just sunk. I don't even know who you're putting in, but I already know I'm going to be disappointed. I'm putting Ulysses Claw in. Of course you are. Of course you are. <laughs> He's been in the film for five minutes and he goes in as your fourth favourite character. Oh my God. Jesus. I'm, it, right. <laughs> you need to do a graphic for these top ten now, Pollard, because it is so brilliant. We, we are going to do it, I promise. Right, what is wrong with my list? Because out of this film, right, what are you going to put in? You're going to put Eric Selvig in. You know, you're not, are you? Let's be honest, right? At the moment, my top ten consists of Iron Man, which is lovely. The other ones that are in, they would have already been in, wouldn't they? They would have been in on Avengers Assemble. Brilliant. You're such a knob. Is I'm, that it? Is, are are those all the additions you, you're putting in? Yeah, I think so. I'm just trying to think of who else was in there. Warrior 7. <laughs> Whatever. No, he wasn't any good. <laughs> a robot 4. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I'm tempted to put in. No, I won't. I was going to put in Wonder. I won't bother. Okay. I'm going to. No, I'm going to do what? I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm not going to take any more criticism. I'm going to stick to my guns. It's a great list. It's solid. Yes, the half of them are dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's not the point. At the point of this list being done, they were alive and kicking. Well, maybe not. I mean, if you added pretty much the on-screen time of all of your top ten, it's probably less than one, one of my character. Yeah. It's probably less than a single movie. It's probably the end credit scene of Thanos. Right, ish. Go you, on. No, you go. You want me to go first? Yeah. Oh, you're doing it strategically in case you no, need to change it. Well, not only that, but he always goes last, so... My existing top ten is number one, Rocket, number two, Drax, number three, Baby Groot, number four, Star-Lord, number five, Groot, number one... <laughs> You see, we've just watched two Guardians of the Galaxy in a row, which is pretty much entirely Half your list upset. Is the Guardians. Yes, upset my entire top ten. Number seven, Captain America. Number eight, Iron Man. Number nine, Black Widow. Number ten, Loki. So that right, was my you, existing. You mock top me, time. but two of your characters are plants. <laughs> One's a badger, a raccoon. Yeah, same thing in it. I've actually got quite a few changes to mine. Okay. My new top ten is number one, Rocket, because I, I just I love him. He is what I would be if I was a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a, a good talk. <laughs> number two, going right back in at number two, Cap America. I think he's funny and witty in this film and quite rightly is the righteous beacon of hope for all of mankind. But I love that Rocket got in above him still. Yeah, totally. Love. Yeah, a CGI character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The love is faltering a little bit. Number three is Hawkeye mm-hmm. because I just love him. The guy's got no superpowers whatsoever. Well, obviously he's gifted with the old martial arts and shooting stuff, but at the end of the day he's got no right to be doing what he does and yet he's also got some witty bants so is it a pity vote then no no I just love him number four Drax baby group five Star Lord six group number one seven Black Widow moves up into number eight slot Thor moves into number nine which means that Iron Man drops right the way down to number ten and he's just clinging on to my top ten so we're polar opposites then it would appear so okay ish my current list is Rocket number one, two Drax, three Loki, four Baby Groot, five Star-Lord, six Iron Man, seven Black Widow, eight Thor, nine Nick Fury, ten Thanos. I mean, Thanos should not be in that list at all. Thanos is totally in the list for a previously mentioned reasons. I would like to make one small change to this list. It better be to put Cap America in the top ten. <laughs> <Put> Thanos back in. <laughs> <laughs> No, I have decided to move Hawkeye up. He was previously 13. He's now number nine after Thor and before Nick Fury. Thanos is jibbed from your list for this particular one. Is That's that, the only change. You cannot mock me. Of all the characters in this film, she's just taken a character she already had out of the list and put it back in the list. I mean, it's just... 
Listeners, you've got to understand my list is by far the best because half of Pollard's list, right, is a couple of trees. It's like a forest and a, a, like a, a beaver. And it's the Guardians. That's 50% of your list. And mine as well, to be fair. It's not, in my top 10, I've, I've got Cap, Thor, Iron Man, Black Widow and Hawkeye. Yeah, but your rest of your list is two trees and the Guardians. I know, but they'll probably work their way out of the system because group number one will probably work his way down the list at some point. Well, I imagine they will, but you've got he's a lot. dead, so he's, he's not going back <laughs> in again, is he? No. But yes, okay. Well, let us know what your thoughts are. Are we right? Are we wrong? Do you agree? Do you have other thoughts? Send us your list. Let's compare. We'll read it out on the next episode. If you do, which one are we watching next? On the basis that neither of you seem to know the answer to that, shall I answer the question myself? Yes, please. Well, do you know what it is? It's Ant-Man. Okay, cool. cool. And then... <laughs> It's Civil War. There's a little the, bit we just came out. Oh, the time God. you've been waiting. So yeah, Ant-Man's a great film. Ant-Man is a looking great film. For, looking for spoilers. Ant-Man's a good film. So I'm looking forward to watching spoilers. and reviewing that. Spoilers. Ant-Man's a great film. Well, people might go into that and not want to know it's a good film. Yeah, shit. I'll reserve <laughs> or judgment. Is it? Oh who yeah, knows? who knows? Maybe we're just joking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, will you remember it? No. You'll be asleep by halfway through. It's a long film, isn't it, Ant-Man? Well, she doesn't yeah. make any notes, so she doesn't need to be awake anyway. <laughs> and yeah. going by a top ten, she knows fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You didn't even say allegedly either. No, I know. Ish, uh, always a pleasure. Never a chore. Thank you for joining us. Cheers. Um, thank you. Yes, no, thank you. And thank you, listeners. Are you not going to say anything? No. No, I say goodbye. Uh, when did you say goodbye? Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for getting in. <laughs> Excelsior! social at the two marks on facebook twitter and instagram also check them out on youtube